0: Welcome to the Texas Conflict Coach radio program. If you've ever experienced or engaged in destructive or unresolved conflict, then you know it leads to broken relationships, distrust, and damaging results. Our program will help you manage and resolve conflict effectively with strategies, valuable resources, and support. Since 2009, our radio program hosted guest experts from around the globe sharing their perspectives, experiences, and expertise while giving you food for thought. If you can't listen live, then download and listen to any of our 300-plus podcasts in our library at texasconflictcoach.com. So, sit back, relax, or join the conversation every Tuesday evening or tweet us at TX Conflict Coach.
1: Welcome, listeners, to our Conflict Chat Navigating the Dating World Without Getting in Your Own Way. I am your guest host, Tracy Colbert King, and with me is Abigail R.C. McManus. The last Tuesday of every month, we discuss the hottest topics in the news, as well as take your live calls to listen to your conflict situation. We give you tips and guidance on your next steps to resolve
2: the problem. We invite you now to engage. Call us at 347-324-3591 and press the number one key so we know that you want to speak with us. Or you can tweet us at Texas TX Conflict Coach and follow our Twitter feed using, using the hashtag Conflict Chat. Welcome to the Conflict Chat, Casey. How are you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing well. Welcome, Abigail. I'm excited for tonight.
2: I know, me too. We have a really good topic. Um, Tonight, the focus of our program is dating. One article we will be discussing states that there are more unmarried people than ever before in the United States, which implies that more people are getting out there and dating. Both of us are now married women, but I'm curious, what was your dating experience like before you got married?
1: When I think about dating pre-marriage, I think of it as a roller coaster. It had its highs and lows, and (laughs) there were moments where I thought, this is it, this is the one, and then there were others where I thought, wow, what have I done? So I would say that (laughs) dating was definitely a learning experience for me to kind of figure out what was important to me in finding a spouse and what were my non-negotiables and I learned a lot but a big piece of it was that resilience of you know I get knocked
2: down but I still got back up again how about you awesome well my actually don't have that extensive of a dating history um I actually met my husband when I was 17 years old so but I mean I met guy I talked to people in high school but similar to you I I kind of just learned just from talking I had to figure out kind of what I liked and what I didn't like Um, and then from there, I kind of just based, I kind of just figured it out from there that I, you know, I knew what I wanted and that's how, when I met my husband, I, I think it was just like, he just fit everything that I, I, I wanted, but it's interesting though to hear other people's dating experiences because I know it's definitely a challenge and I could not imagine dating now, uh, now, now that I'm married, I can't even imagine what that would be like. And I know it's just from my single friends. Do you hear a lot from your single friends that, uh, that their experiences have been difficult?
1: I have. uh, And what's interesting about it is when I uh, was dating, I feel like I didn't have all of the online dating apps and I didn't really Mm. have that huge social media piece, that component of it. Uh, So people that I dated were usually people I worked with or people I had classes with. Uh, So it was, kind of in my own immediate circle, and it wasn't um, how kind of society has shifted now to the online dating app. So my experience Mm -hmm. is a little bit different from my friends who are, you know, still going out there, and they're meeting new people, and they're using ways to meet people that I never experienced. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's very interesting that dating has now become a completely online activity. A lot of people don't meet partners more organically, like, say, just running into each other at a bar or, when, you know, out doing an activity. A lot of it is, oh, I met this person. I mean, it's very rare that you don't meet people that are like, yeah, I met this person on Match.com or, you know, Tinder or Bumble or mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's a, lot of, it's a lot more online dating. It's a completely different atmosphere, I think. It's, and I think that's really interesting how the dating world has now evolved with technology as well. Right, exactly.
1: And I think a big component of it, too, is also how we communicate with each other, too, because now you're communicating Mm -hmm. with people through text message and online and through email. So there's another added layer to just communicating and kind of getting to know one another
2: as you begin dating. Yeah, and I I think that's – and like you just said, I think it's really interesting getting to know one another. A lot of it now when you create a profile for yourself on these dating websites, you put a lot of your interests, your likes, your dislikes in there. So it kind of does it for you, that whole getting to know you you know, getting to know one another part. I can remember when my husband and I started, dating, mm-hmm. it was, I used to ask him questions. About it. I, it used to be me asking like, what's your favorite color, which, you know, all that stuff was like fun for me to ask in the beginning. But now it seems like you can just go online and see what their profile says and learn all, everything you need to know about the person. Uh, I guess, right. Officially more than anything else. But still, I think it's very interesting. It's a different way of getting to know one another too. hmm It is.
1: And one of the things that both of the articles we're going to share tonight have in common is the concept of a dating coach. And so what is a dating coach? According to the article, uh, it's a person who works with someone one-on-one, and they assist people to develop and identify skills that they may be looking for Um, in a spouse and also what they may bring to the relationship and also kind of give them that confidence boost to go and put themselves out there, whether it's uh, using in-person networking functions or speed dating, things like that, or if it's online. And so I think that's really interesting too because now there's someone there that can kind of help you work through those issues or challenges that you may experience that hinder you to kind of, move forward in dating and um, your search to find that significant other in your life.
2: Have you, would you, do you think you would ever use a dating coach? Or do you know anyone who's used a dating coach? I don't
1: know anyone who's used a dating coach. I have a friend uh, who was interested in using a dating coach. And what was really interesting about when she was sharing that with me was the idea that, um, there must be something I'm doing wrong is kind of how she approached it was, you know, there's something Hmm. that I'm doing wrong, and I need to figure out what it is um, so I can be successful. And so it was kind of that self-deprecating, it's me, it's me, it's me, it's me, Mm -hmm. um, really negative outlook on her dating experience and thinking that um, her failed relationships were all of her fault. And one of the things that was really attractive for her was the dating coach was that idea of having someone to share with her or talk through with her, um, some of the challenges or issues that she's experienced in dating and kind of digging a little bit deeper to kind of figure out what is at at the bottom of all of that for her? what are what are her underlying needs, uh, what are her her non-negotiables that she's looking for in someone? So, uh I think in that sense I would
2: probably be open to working with a dating coach.
0: Mhm.
2: Well, it's it's just like if, you know, you're you feel like you are not you want to build a workout plan, you get a physical trainer. You know, if you want to get a better diet, you get a dietitian. It just it makes it makes sense that there's a there's a field for that and I think it's definitely, you know, a way to if you see if you need help, you seek it and I would be, if I was in the dating world, I would be completely open to something like that just because it's an area where if you feel like you're falling short in some way, maybe they can help maybe provide clarity to your situation. But I I think it's interesting mm-hmm. what you said about the self-deprecating response. One of the articles that we talked about or we reread for tonight um, was an article from CNN called Dating Coaches Share How to Find Love and that one of the things that it talks about is checking your inner dialogue, and it talked about how mm-hmm. a lot, of, you know, a bit, the, one of the biggest challenges is kind of changing their clients. The, the dating coaches were saying is to change their clients' outlook on or their attitude towards themselves, because and I and I love this one line that it says, you know, what those those kind of things that negative self talk. Whether you're aware of it or not, you're putting that out there to, the, to other people. And if you're thinking, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a bad dater, I'm too fat, I'm not smart enough, I'm not pretty enough, you're going to kind of push that, put that out to other people, and that's going to make you on un- like people are not going to approach you as much. And I thought that was really that really stood out to me. And that one of the dating coaches recommends replacing your inner do- dialogue with more positive self-talk. And I thought that was an awesome awesome tip. And um, <laughs> another part of you know, I mean, it's easier said than done, I think, too. But it definitely is something that takes practice. And one of the other things that I really liked about this article is it talks about narrowing, kind of thinking about what you want in a partner and narrowing down that list to maybe your top five characteristics and picking your top three. And, um, you know, it helped to kind of break down walls because a lot of people get so stuck in a type that maybe, and as you said, non-negotiables you know look at what your non-negotiables are but that doesn't necessarily mean physical traits but the kind of what kind of person you want and i thought that's really powerful and looking at my own life i don't necessarily know if i made an actual list but i definitely took each experience that an encounter i met not just with guys i was interested in but also um like guys I was friends with you know I really like the fact that he has such a good sense of humor and he's genuine and then I noticed that like something else about something I wasn't a fan of like or didn't sit well with me like if they were too too much about partying things like that so I kind of like made a checklist in my head to some extent and I think that kind of helped me establish what I wanted in a partner
1: I think what you touched on is really important is to give yourself that space to kind of reflect on your experiences and uh, sometimes uh, known people that kind of jump from relationship to relationship to relationship and there's not a real break in between. And so they don't really Uh sit down and self-reflect on, you know, what worked really well, what didn't work really well, what did I really enjoy about this person and what did I not enjoy. And so there was really no time to take a deep breath and kind of dive into uh, what that experience was like. And I think that's mm-hmm. really important for you to be able to continue to move forward and kind of whittle down to exactly what really matters to you and what's really important for you.
2: Mhm. And, I mean, like you said, you you notice – I, I recognize it in a lot of girlfriends. They get into this sense, this pattern of dating a guy f- – and they're all kind of similar they have a similar way and they're like i keep dating the same type of guy and i always am like well why don't you switch it up why don't you think about dates on that you maybe would never have thought of yourself to be put with but then take from that like what you like about that person what you don't like about that person and i've like just from a couple of girlfriends i have they they've enjoyed doing they've they find that that's helpful to them and i think it is definitely helpful um another part of the article that i really really liked too it's well it talked about how programmed to think of and feel or have like the prince charming mentality or at least women are and i thought that was a really interesting idea that it's not necessarily rational and that also plays into you know really kind of thinking it through and being more open to different experiences and not judging someone completely off of you know one thing and doing something different that was all parts of the article that I just I, I just really liked. I really liked this article in general. I thought it was really awesome.
1: I agree. I, I also think it was really helpful. And I also think that piece, that Prince Charming Syndrome, is really relevant. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. as a young girl, I remember sitting in front of every Disney movie. And, you know, every Disney movie had the beautiful princess who's being saved in some way or uh, being conveyed by some how important she was and how amazing and loving she was and and not all of those things are realistic and there are some people who don't actually communicate that way. There's some people that show their love so they may buy you gifts opposed to verbally saying, you know, how much they're in love with you or over the moon with you or serenading you. So there's just there's different kinds of ways that people show love. And I feel like the mm-hmm. Disney experience only shows you one way.
2: hmm It's it's interesting. I did um, my master's thesis on on relational aggression and looking at females, but I read a lot about um, TV and the and Disney and what that watching those type of movies can you know put in put into your head. And the Prince Charming thing I thought was fascinating because. They had the Prince Charming coming in and saving the day for women for the longest time in the sh- in the movies. And it isn't until just recently that they started changing that and saying that and not making that the forefront of their, their thought process because they feel like it has a, a huge deal on how women look and, you know, act in relationships moving forward. And I thought that was really, really interesting. So for this to be brought up in in, in a dating article as well, it makes complete sense. And I think it's just, you know, the – just that overall idea of it, and you know, recognizing that that's not, you know, that's not rational. That's not actually how things are. Is I think really important in kind of getting over that. And it's good to know that that Disney's not recognizing it too. So, I, I yes, yeah, I absolutely. Ask you, did you find it interesting when it said that there were more unmarried people now than ever before in the United States? Did you feel, did, were you surprised by that? To hear that.
1: Yes and no, and I say that because I constantly hear how high the divorce rate is and mm-hmm. um, how many people have been married and they're divorced, and so they're, uh, you know, back in the dating game, they're they're testing the waters again and kind of navigating this new world, And but to hear it or to read it really put it in perspective for me because I... I'm very familiar with the divorce rate, but I never thought of, okay, so now they're all divorced and they're going to go out and they're going to start dating again. Um, mm-hmm. And it also also speaks to kind of the ads you see on TV. Uh, and it talks about all the different ways that you can use online websites and dating apps now. And there's different apps that target different age ranges. And so maybe that is also um, kind of tailoring to the market of uh, that 50-50 divorce rate and those people that are, you know, single and looking to connect with someone.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, well, I would like to remind, because we're at the halfway point of our show, um, you're listening to the Texas Conflict Coach radio program. Tonight is our monthly conflict chat where you, we invite you to bring your problem to us. Tonight we are discussing navigating the dating world without getting in your own way. You can call us at 347 324 3591 and ask your questions. Um, we invite you also to uh, reach out to us on Twitter. Our handle is at TX Conflict Coach. So, one of the other
1: articles is about an online dating app. And there are many different dating apps out there. Uh, to name a few, there's OKCupid, okay, Bumble, Tinder, there's Match.com. They now have an app, eHarmony, Zoosk. So there's all sorts of dating apps. And this one in particular that the article talks about is called Una. And right now it's only available for the iPhone and it's in New York. But what's interesting about this is um, it looks at online, providing a service of an online dating coach, a therapist, or a matchmaker. And what I found really interesting about this is the founder, Eric Berkowitz, said that it's about learning how to date better using specialists. They want to change the idea of what a dating app is, and they didn't want to just put people together. They wanted something that was really deeper and gave people a real chance of having a connection. And because they're aware that people are in various stages in their dating experience, they may have different needs. So they provided Mm -hmm. different services. There's the dating coach option, which we talked about with the other article, is having someone work with you one-on-one to kind of navigate the dating world, help you identify your skills and your abilities and kind of what you're looking for. And then there's the dating consultant. And the dating consultant piece is kind of like a wingman. You know, if you're going on a double date and you're, you're feeling not so confident, you're going to want to bring in a friend that kind of empowers you and makes you feel supported. Uh, as you kind of navigate through that experience. And so that's kind of what they offer with the dating consulting, is that mm-hmm. kind of built-in wingman support person. And what's <laughs> I think also it's... really neat about it – oh, go ahead.
2: Oh, no, 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 go ahead. Keep going. Sorry.
1: <laughs> what's also really neat about it is, there's those four categories of the dating coach, the dating consultant, therapy, and matchmaking, and so the therapy piece is they recognize that some people have uh, have some psychological needs that they need to work through and able to in order to really go out there and um, start dating again and those aren't needs that the coach or the dating consultant can feel can full fulfill and so what they've decided to do is they actually have brought in therapists that can work with people to address those needs. And they're actually not paid by the company. They're contractors. So they're, you know, they're licensed therapists that can help people and kind of work through whatever it is that they need to, to be able to kind of go out there. And then the other piece of it is matchmaking. So, and that, this is kind of similar to what you would get on eHarmony or match.com where they kind of make a profile for you and then they see who kind of matches up to to that and kind of pair you together and see what happens. And I'm curious, Abigail, what are your thoughts on the idea of having a dating consultant, the idea of like that built-in wingman or wing woman for you?
2: I think that's actually a really, really good idea. Cause I mean, it would be cool to just have someone that's trained in doing um, in being like a wingman for you I mean I know I just keep thinking of wingman and wingwoman I know I was never a good wingwoman for any of my friends I'm just not, I just feel like I don't I did never <laughs> did well in those areas so I was never asked to wing I think I did it like one time and then they were like please don't ever do that again so it was so I think the <laughs> idea of having someone who's more professional and that can handle those situations I think would be awesome That would be such a good Mm -hmm. opportunity to have that, especially have someone who knows what they're doing and can like assess the situation as they're sitting there with you or with you in general, not necessarily sitting there with you, but what about you?
1: I agree. I think the idea of having a dating consultant is wonderful. And I say that because there have been times where my wing woman wasn't available so you know i'm having uh-huh. the whole okay so i know you're not available at eight o'clock but can you shoot me a text about some type of emergency at eight forty-five? if i you know uh-huh. so having to coordinate and not really feeling completely confident that my wing person's going to come through if it if i feel uh-huh. like the date's not going according to plan it would be nice to kind of have that built-in cushion um as a dating consultant would provide. And it would also be nice, too, because I imagine that they're very well trained. So as you're going through the date, and at the end of it they could give you feedback of, you know, what they noticed, what they observed, um, some ways that you could change how you said something or um, how you took something. So I think that feedback that you would get from a dating consultant would be invaluable.
2: And also, like, what to wear on a date. That's, like, one of the things I hear my girlfriends complain about more often than not is they have no idea what to wear on a date. Just having Mm -hmm. someone to talk to that about would be a huge resource and could relieve a lot of anxiety because I think a lot of that comes – there's nerves anyway. But if you feel more prepared going into any situation, not just dating, just any situation, your anxiety levels are going to be significantly decreased. So I think a dating consultant, like you said, could also bring that to the table as well
1: absolutely and I, and because I, if you feel good and look good you go into it with a totally different mind frame and you uh have that confidence about you and so i think feeling good in the clothes you're in is really important
2: Mhm. and i also what i liked about this app too is it does and this is not necessarily related to that but it's also related it says that um that they also perform back criminal background checks so you can feel safer going on dates. And that's one of the things I've heard people complain about with the other dating apps, like the Tinder and the Bumble and sites like that. There's nothing really safe there's no safety aspect or component to it. You're kind of, like, taking your chances. So I thought that was a really awesome thing to bring into this – into the dating apps as well because I think that, that sense of safety is something that's definitely needed in a lot of these areas.
1: Absolutely, and I think one of the nice things about having a wing man or wing woman is you have that built-in sense of safety, right? You have that person that can mm-hmm. kind of get you out of a sticky situation, and I think that's important for the comfort level, especially uh, if you're meeting someone for the first time or you're not really sure about them. I think that's important to have that sense of security and safety.
2: Mhm. Absolutely
1: so we have some conflict resolution strategies for dating uh that in addition to some of the great resources that were in these articles and one of them was the idea of setting boundaries and setting boundaries is essentially that space between where you end and the other person begins is how i interpret it there's been Mm -hmm. so many times where i've witnessed Friends kind of get lost in a relationship where they kind of lose their sense of identity. And I think having Mm -hmm. those boundaries is really helpful for you to grow and self-reflect on you and your relationship and also for you as a couple to kind of move forward.
2: I love that. You end and the other begins. I think that's an excellent way to look at that. Um, The next Mm -hmm. one of the next ones that we have is don't yell. Um, A lot of times people come into situations in any conflict situation, they start yelling at one another. And when people are yelling, you often can't hear what the other person is saying. And so uh, it becomes a lot about listening and then understanding what the person is saying and, and retorting. And just if you come in, if you yell about it, people often get defensive. So it's trying to kind of remain calm, take some deep breaths and address the conflict in a way that, is speaking to them in such a way that it's not going to be cause them to get defensive. Cause once people get defensive, they stop listening. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think one of the really important pieces about the concept of just not yelling is yelling is kind of normalized. We see yelling in mm-hmm. movies all the time and, and it almost is a part of like you're upset, you start yelling and it, and and it's, doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be the normal way that you communicate that you're angry or upset and so mm-hmm. I think one of the important pieces about that is to maybe change the way you use your language and use I language so it's more it's less about talking over you and just sharing what your experience is so I feel upset or I feel frustrated and and by using the word frustrated You're conveying what you want to do, which is maybe yell, uh, but in a way that lands so much softer to the other person on the receiving end of it.
2: Yes, absolutely. And and another point that I, I like, too, for conflict resolution strategies is asking questions. And because a lot of times we don't dig deep into things and we take things at face value and we don't. And, you know, everyone has different interpretations of what words mean. My, my version of what a couple means might be different from what your version of a couple means, like a couple of minutes or a few minutes, uh, that line. So asking questions or clarifying what people are saying is incredibly important in order to make sure that you're completely and totally understanding where that person's coming from and what their point of view is. Because only then will we be able to work through it and move forward together and find commonalities.
1: Absolutely, and I think asking questions also speaks to uh, curiosity, so you're less Mm -hmm. defensive depending on how you word the question, so if there's some disagreement on kind of where your relationship is going, you could ask something like, how can we improve our relationship, or if you're in a disagreement and the other one stops speaking, maybe you can ask, you know, are you angry, are you hurt, to kind of get them to open up and put some words to the silence, so I, I think... Questions is a really powerful tool that helps you dig deeper into what the other person is experiencing.
2: Uh Absolutely.
1: And I think another place where people can get stuck is internalizing. And this is something that I definitely was guilty of when I first started dating is, you know, I kind of internalized those little frustrations that I experienced with the other person instead of telling them, like, Well, when you do that, uh, it really bothers me. I just, you know, kind of sat on it. And that's not healthy because at some point it comes out, and when it comes out, it's not clean. It comes out either by yelling or it comes out by um, saying something that's hurtful. And so I think it's really important to have conversations, have open conversations about things that upset you um, and things that you've experienced uh, so you can – learn from those together opposed to having a contentious conversation back
2: and forth. I love that you said it comes out not clean because that's totally, that's a great way of looking at it. And I, and I think in, in my own personal life, I recognize that just from observing other people, my parents, and in that sense, holding stuff in just never seemed to work out. So I think I've always made a point of trying to voice my concerns and not try to avoid it or mm-hmm. put it away. But it's, even still, I I like that it doesn't come out clean because you do. You need even still, even if you're speaking of it, coming out with it in the beginning and not holding it in, it's still, you you have to think about what you're going to say before you say it in such a way that it's not going to come off as, you know, um, that that's not going to create more conflict or be destructive when it does come out. So I thought that was a really excellent way of saying that, not clean. And also
1: to build on that, it's also the idea of not to speak or present whatever you've internalized in a very general way, but to speak about Mm. it in an example. So when you leave the toilet seat up and I fall in, it hurts. (laughs) So this is a specific (laughs) example (laughs) of what someone has experienced. And mm-hmm. and that person can say, okay, so this is what you experienced, and I don't want you to experience that again, so I'm going to make sure that I put the toilet seat down. Uh, and so <laughs> it's important to really speak in those <laughs> examples and kind of paint the picture for the other person, because when you just say, oh, I feel so frustrated when you do this, they don't know what this is.
2: hmm Absolutely. That's an excellent example. <laughs> Um so, so now before today, we I close guess couple- down today, go
1: <laughs> ahead. <laughs> uh, before we close down today, we want to leave you with some tips for moving forward, some golden nuggets, so to speak. Uh, so I, what I would like to say is uh, be resilient. Um, dating can be a roller coaster for some, and dating, dating can be smooth sailing for others, but um, if you continue to just get up and keep trying and learning from those experiences, it can be really rewarding.
2: And just kind of to piggyback on that, I would like to add that, you know, make sure, just try to self reflect and look at people with like uh, the people that you come in contact with in the dating when you're dating and think about what you like and what you don't like and try to establish what your non negotiables are and what, you know, what you can build on and try to be more open minded about meeting new people that are not necessarily in a specific mold or specific type because you'll never know what you could find. You might find something completely out of the blue that you never thought you would ever like, and it will work out.
1: And we also invite you to browse our podcast library and see our upcoming Tuesday night programs at
2: www.texasconflictcoach.com. And our final message, we would encourage you all to embrace conflict courageously and address it constructively. Until next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Texas Conflict Coach. We hope you've enjoyed the program. You can find over 300 podcasts archived to listen at your own convenience at texasconflictcoach.com or download the podcast at iTunes or Stitcher Radio. To learn about upcoming radio programs and resources, sign up for our monthly e-newsletter.